We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast welcome into the thursday edition of the pack a day podcast i am your host i am back paul brettel and joining me as always is mark eckel i am returning from the what do we call it the paternity ir list Yep. After having our second daughter, although there is the IR designation, everyone is healthy. There are no injuries. The only thing that's taken a hit here is the sleep schedule, but <laughs> that's to be expected. You're not getting uh, rid of that, are you? <laughs> yeah, right. No, not at all. Uh, although she's she's stronger together a couple decent nights, I'll say that. Um, so how are you, Mark? I'm good. We're doing well. Um, we we missed you, and we got to let that. Uh, Jason is off this week. He's on vacation, so we'll. Uh, We'll, 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 we'll go with, you know, we'll, we'll go with the flow and we'll see how it goes. That's all. Yeah, absolutely. As I should have mentioned, Jason, Jason is on vacation this week, enjoying some time with his son, his family, all that fun stuff as well. I believe he'll be rejoining us next week. So Mark and I will be holding it down here today for you guys. And we have a, a good topic that we'll dive into centered around the tight ends position specifically. But first we're going to knock out some weather. As always, we have Harry from Kamloops, Canada, who said that on Thursday, it's a high of 64, low of 50, lots of clouds and rain, but that's the last day before we get the long-awaited sunshine and typical temps of the low 90s. So it's getting hot up there uh, in Canada. And Harry, I didn't didn't even get that hot in Canada. (laughs) I didn't either. I don't know what I know. And uh, Harry also wanted me to pass along to you, Mark. He very much appreciates all the stories that you have and those added insights. No, thanks. Thank you, Harry. So, Mark, how is the weather in Myrtle Beach? Well, I got one, too. Uh, We we got it from all over. We're all over the world. So, all right. Let me start with um, Peter from East Belgium. That's a new one, I think, right? Have we heard from Peter before? He said we're, he hopes we're doing fine on the other side of the big pond. He's just back from a music festival weekend with record-breaking 100 degrees Fahrenheit. Whew. Lots of sunshine. Now, again, looking forward to, to Thursday, with yet again 14 hours of sunshine and highs in the upper 80s. Yep, seems like summer is kicking in, he says, and it's going to be here for a while, but he loves it. So, Peter in East Belgium. We're big like in the Scandinavian. We are. He's sweating, we he's sweating it out over there. We also have a... We are like, we're, we're worldwide. 
are. Maybe not so we, much here. Maybe not so much in <laughs> we, They love us in, in Europe. Outside the States. We have another one from Robin Erickson in Oslo. He said, right now it's 23 degrees Celsius, and Robin was kind enough to convert that for me. 73 degrees Fahrenheit, mostly cloudy, light and short showers of rain, and no wind. Hey, no wind. That's a positive. It's 73 degrees. It. That's a little on the cooler side, at least from that's, what I'm used to this time of year, but not bad. That's, that, that, that's good for the kickers. Okay? <laughs> for soccer players, right? Uh, so here at Myr- here in Myrtle Beach, it's been hot. Um, today, Wednesday, was a scorcher. It was 90-something and like, and kind of humid as well, which we don't always get the, the high humidity with the heat, but, but today was bad. Today was... Very, very warm. Well, the beach was mobbed, obviously. Um, but, and then tomorrow, it's going to be a little cooler. Might get, might get a thunder shower or two tomorrow as well. How about, how about up in Titletown? So last week when you guys were recording, we were hunkered down in the basement because there were tornado warnings going oh, wow. off here. Yeah, there was, I think they, I think the totals up to five or six that touched down in like just kind of northeast, northern Wisconsin. Um, we're all good here on 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 my end, though, thankfully. And then the last few days, it's been almost 100 degrees and, like, humid, like, thick air when you walk out that door. Today is much better. It's in the 80s. Humidity's down, so it's actually very, very nice. <laughs> and then, of course, we had to include Jason. He is in Anaheim, California right now. It says it's partly cloudy, 87, and humid. So, honestly, sounds kind of similar to what I got up here in Wisconsin. There you go. There, so there we have it. There is our global weather report. We're getting, we're expanding every week. No kidding. Uh, so for this week, as I mentioned, we're going to discuss the tight end position. Uh, reason why Mark had an article over at Packer Report where he was previewing the position and his thoughts on it are expressed some concern. And then coincidentally, I had one at this. You know, we didn't you know collaborate beforehand. Coincidentally, I had kind of a preview-ish article as well about the tight end position. And I wrote that I'm not terribly concerned about it. So we're going to each give you our our stories, our side of the argument. And then once we're done, you guys can decide where you stand on it or if we were able to persuade you and have you flip sides. So, Mark, why don't you take us away? All right, well, I'm very – it's my – I think it's the weakest position on the team right now. And, and that doesn't mean it's terrible. It's just – the rest of the team's pretty good, but I mean, there's not one given. I don't see a, I mean, Tunyon, we don't know when he's coming back and let's be honest. He wasn't, he wasn't playing as well as he had in the the, the previous year before he got hurt last year. He was starting mm-hmm. to come on a little bit, made a big, big play when he got hurt, but, um, and who knows how he's going to be when he comes back. I mean, he might come back. That's, you know, best case scenario. He comes back earlier. He comes back in end of October or whatever. Is he going to be the same? Is you know sometimes it takes getting back into this you know missing that much time. So I'm certainly not you know thinking he's going to come back and be the be a great tight that you know what, what he was in what I guess 2020 was his was his great was his good year. Mm-hmm. Um, Eleven touchdowns. Yeah, so I'm worried about him. Mercedes Lewis. I mean, listen, the guy's he's a warrior, right? I mean, he's been playing the game, but come on, eventually. Father Time's undefeated, okay? I mean, well, actually, Brady, Brady's beating him, but that's the only that's the only guy. So eventually, he's going to, and I think we've seen it. I mean, he's, <coughs> excuse me, he's not the, um, he's not, um, he's basically a blocker at this point, right? I mean, he's like he's an extra tackle, does a good job with it. 
he's not really a threat. I mean, in the passing game, like like you'd want a tight end to be. Um, so that, so that's him. I mean, and and he you know he's not going to get better at it. He's and he's only going to become more of a liability in the passing game, and unless you're talking about staying in the block. Um, Deguara, big unknown. I mean, you know, was hurt his whole rookie year. I mean, if you want to tell me there's upside and potential, okay, I'll I'll buy that, but I haven't seen it yet. That's I mean, coming shortly. <laughs> I've seen drops, is what I've seen. I've seen some critical drops from from Deguara, um, and I don't think he's a true tight end. I think he's more mm-hmm. in a perfect world. He's more of a fullback, H back, move him around, do all kind of things with him. And then you have Daphne and Davis, and I'll lump them together because they're kind of similar in that neither were drafted. So that tells you something that everybody passed on him in the dial. That doesn't mean you can't become a good player. I'm not saying that, but there's no pedigree there. You know, I mean, they were undrafted. I think they're both very good guys to have on the roster as your third, fourth tight end. I think, as I've said here more than once, that I think Daphne is a very good special teams player, and apparently Davis is as well. Um, which is very important to the Green Bay Packers who, who need all the help they can get on special teams. But I don't see either one of them mm-hmm. being what you would call a legitimate number one tight end. I'm, I like the Packers draft this year. We went over the draft as it, you know, after it happened, we talked a lot about different picks and, uh, we, but I, I am disappointed and, and, and somewhat surprised that in a, in a draft that had a few more than a couple good tight ends in it, Mm-hmm. That they ignored it. Now they did. They did it for a reason. Now maybe it just didn't break well for them. Um, I mean, I guess they couldn't pass up Sean Ryan in the third round, and that probably was a real good pick. Um, mm-hmm. That had started to go it was like third. And by the time they picked in the fourth, I, I don't think there's anybody worth taking left. So that's probably why they didn't take one. But I, I, you know, they could have made moves. They well, they made the big move to go get Watson. But I, I thought they were. We we both thought they were definitely taken. A, a tight end. We know which one we were trying to guess which one, but um, so yeah, I'm I'm very concerned about the tight end position. Now tell me tell me why I shouldn't be. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, 
we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Well, first I'll say I do <clears throat> I do agree with uh, a number of the things that you said. And for, as I said in my article, anyone who has these concerns, I understand them. I see them. Uh, this is a position that feels like it's teetering where you're like, okay, this can be a, they're not going to be a great group by any means, but where you can, they can be a solid productive group. Um, or it could go the other direction, as you had mentioned. And the biggest concern that I have is, what do they do until Robert Tunyon returns? Because they don't have another true pass catching threat at the position. And as I said, those words, I, I had like a, a flashback to, I think that's part of what we discussed with the tight end position, you know, leading up to the draft is that's not something they have currently on this, on this team. And the offense, while Robert Tunyon's injury, it's football. There's no one answer to any question out there. There's a number of answers, but Robert Tunyon's injury definitely played a factor in this offense, just not performing as well as they, as they did a season ago, because DeGora, Mercedes Lewis, Daphne, they're just not those pass catching threats. And I wrote a different article for Cheesehead TV. This was during the season last year. It was like it started around like the Rams game or the Vikings game through, I don't remember what it was, maybe week 15, 16, something like that, where the offense was clicking. They were at their best. And I don't believe it was a coincidence that during that span, that's when we saw the most from Mercedes Lewis and Josiah DeGuara in terms of being pass catching threats in the offense. That's a very important element to this team. So that is right now the biggest concern that I have is what are they going to do and who's going to emerge in that role until Robert Tunyon returns, which as you mentioned, Mark, we we don't know when that's going to be. Now, for my optimistic spin on it, um, in terms of how he comes back from the ACL, those injuries affect everyone differently. I know we all still have, and we're still wondering about David Bakhtiari, (laughs) and not to say that people think that's what's going to happen to Tunyon by any means. But for the most part, players come back from ACL injuries, you know, and, you know, it's a, you know, somewhat routine transition, I should say. I'm not sure what word to use. That's, that seems to be putting it mildly. It's a difficult course back, but when they get back on the field, they can find their, their, their past performances. And so obviously I'm banking on that from Robert Tunyon. As you mentioned, Mark, last season, he wasn't nearly as productive for much of the time that he was on the field. However, I think a key component to that was the offensive line play uh, because he was asked to block more than what he had been previously, which I think in turn affected his production a little bit. So I don't I'm not sitting here thinking, oh, we're going to get that 11 touchdown guy back in 2022. That was I think that's just kind of one of those, you know, perfect storm type of seasons. 
But when he does return, I think we'll see a closer version to that Robert Tunyon than what we saw for maybe the first four or five weeks of the season last year. So he brings that pass catching element. When it comes to blocking, I mean, that's not really a concern whatsoever with this group. Mercedes Lewis, he's still one of the best blocking tight ends in football. And again, another valid concern on your part. When does father time catch up? We don't know. And again, I'm banking on it's not going to be this year just because, frankly, at least from a blocking perspective, which is his bread and butter, we haven't really seen like any sort of you know decline creeping in in that regard. Uh, Josiah DeGuara, Dominic Daphne, Tyler Davis, for what it's worth to those out there, uh, by PFF's grading system, they all rank top 17 among all tight ends and blocking grades, run blocking grades, I should say. So that's not really a concern with this group. Again, it's the pass catching and who can step up. Um, Josiah DeGuara, here I am to you know talk about that potential. And it's because, like we've talked about here before, tight ends take a while to produce, you know, if we want to call them a tight end, produce in the NFL. Uh, from 20, I think it was from 2005 up until this past season, only I think it's three or four rookie tight ends have produced more than 600 yards in their first season, just to kind of help illustrate, and that's stats from ESPN, just to kind of help illustrate how difficult that transition is. And DeGore is entering year three, but from a playing perspective, it's year two. He got injured, what, week two or three of his rookie year, missed the entire year. He, well, so he, got that, in, he actually – he actually got hurt the opener. Yep, missed game, some time. Missed like two games. Yeah, came back and then had the serious injury and missed mm-hmm. rest. Yeah, so that was the whole. Yeah, you're right. Last year was his rookie year. Let's be. Yep. Honest. So I agree. There's certainly areas that he has to improve upon the drop passes. I I know the Bengals game sticks out most in my mind, where he I think he was in the wrong spot that Rodgers wanted, and of course, as the camera does, it always finds Aaron Rodgers in those situations. In those, I'll call them a teaching moments. Uh, for the for the young pass catcher but there was also some upside as well I mentioned those weeks where the offense was moving along he found success there he had that big play against Detroit Um, I know as the Lions a meaningless game but he had that big touchdown or close to touchdown uh, play against them so we saw some flashes as well and to go back to the learning curve that just comes with the tight end you could argue that as the H-back there's even a bit more to it because he's in the backfield as well and we know this Matt LaFleur offense is very, very nuanced. So there's a lot that comes with it. So obviously with, as I'm having, you know, explaining my side of it, there's a lot of we're banking on stuff. But I don't think that what we're banking on is extreme either. Josiah Degora taking a step forward, Robert Tunyon returning, uh, and just being fully healthy. Uh, a, a better offensive line unit so he can be more of a pass catcher. And then Mercedes Lewis doing what he's done for 17 years now. So that's that's where my optimism lies. And then we still have to see it on the field. But, man, you want to talk about offseason hype before any real snaps are played? Tyler Davis, Ryan Gudikins calling him out in a good way after the draft. Matt LaFleur has talked highly of him. Rich Basaccia on special teams as well. So we're going to get a glimpse and, you know, maybe – Maybe he's that added pass catching option that I was referring to earlier that I don't know if they have. Uh, he, he last year in his limited playing time, he's someone who is a very willing and uh, aggressive blocker, which again, we know is important. And his really only pass play was against Baltimore. That is like 22 yards down the seam from Rogers. 
and maybe I'm reading too much into it. Mark, call me out if I am. But Rodgers was under pressure. Davis was was covered, and Rodgers still looked for him and got him the ball. To some degree, it may be a very, very, very tiny degree, but to some degree that tells me there's at least something there that he's shown him in practice where he felt comfortable. You know, of all quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers, he'll throw the ball away if he doesn't if he's not comfortable. But he got that ball to Tyler Davis. So maybe, just maybe I'm grasping at straws, but there's something there. And then you got Dominic Daphne, who's uh, you know, kind of a a a backup for Josiah DeGora, that H back role, more of a blocker. Um, I think DeGora is certainly going to affect the passing game more than him. But all right, Mark. So we've each laid out our sides. All right. I'll, <laughs> that let me was, just I was long winded on my part. Oh, no, no, but okay. What are your thoughts? DeGora is the is the wild card of it all. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you said, Lewis. We all know what Lewis is at this point. He's basically a third tackle. You know, yeah. and a good one. I mean, he's good at what he does. He's good in the run. You know, he'll block well in the run game. Um, he can stay in and 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 chip. You know, and pass protection. He, you know, he is what he is. He's not going to be a threat in the passing game. Um, Tunyon, like we don't know. We just don't know when he's going to be back and what. So, and Daphne, like I said, Davis. Now maybe I'm. I'm. You know, you're 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 bringing me up a little bit on Davis now. <laughs> maybe all right. Rogers throwing that one ball against ball. Yeah, um, one ball. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm not buying into the coaches and on a, then you know they're last year Ben Braden was going to start right. This is true. So I don't I don't buy into what coaches tell me in in June and July and stuff because they just like to say stuff sometimes. Maybe <laughs> sometimes just to light a fire under the guy. Maybe I don't. I mean, all that Ben Braden talk and everybody, oh Ben Braden, oh man. I talk. thought they did it to give us stuff to write about. <laughs> maybe they do that sometimes. <laughs> Oh, there was enough to write about last year. They didn't need to. Maybe it was, it was to write about that instead of what they, everybody yeah, was writing about. Point. So, um, but I mean, Deguara was a third. See, and, and maybe I put too much stock in the draft. Um, I, I call it pedigree. Like you know, and again, there are guys that make it out of that or not. I mean, you know, and some some make it big. Um, but I always say there's a reason. Like Davis and Daphne, Davis is, Davis has been on, he's been cut by mm-hmm. teams. Now, again, that doesn't mean, you know, Gilbert Brown is a great example of a guy that, you know, was cut by the Minnesota Vikings and turned into become a very, very good player for a Super Bowl champion, Green Bay Packers. Um, uh, you know, Russell Douglas, you know, teams were stupid with him. That I, I still can't believe, you know, the Raiders and Cardinals just flat out cut him. Yeah, no kidding. Um, and he has that team that needed cornerbacks too. So yes, it can happen. But but Deguara has the pedigree that I talk about. He was a third round pick, and that's kind of what people thought he was. Is I think Packers mm-hmm. may have reached. I mean, most people had him fourth round, third, you know, somewhere in there. Um, you know, they they liked the, what he did in, at Cincinnati. Um, so maybe, you know, I just want to. I have, and again, you're right. I, maybe I'm being a little too harsh that. This really is his his second year, even though it's his third year in terms of his contract and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, he missed. He really did miss his rookie year. So last year was like a rookie, other than the fact that he was in he was allowed to go to meetings and learn the offense mm-hmm. and all that. But he he didn't play um, at all that rookie year. So last year was like a rookie year. I didn't notice that that he threw out about uh, how many tight ends were it? three or four? You say three or four for. No, how many tight end rookies only had 600 yards? Oh, yeah, it was like three or four. Oh, Pitts, one of them, obviously. Yep. Yeah. It was – I don't have the players in front of me, but, yeah. He was a top five pick also. So, I mean, he, yeah, I think Evan Ingram was another 
Um, I'm surprised at that. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm still concerned. I mean, you, you, uh, I get you, it. You gave me reason to believe, <laughs> I guess, but I'm still. I still wish they would have taken a tight end in the draft somewhere. Mm -hmm. um, let me ask you this, since you're on the other side. Would you be surprised or would you be upset if they went out and got a veteran tight end during camp? Whether trade or somebody gets cut and they, they claim them or something? I, I would get it. I don't have any names in mind, but I'm just saying. I, I, I would get it because of all the question marks um, that are there. So, no, I, would, I wouldn't be – I would get it. I guess I might be a little surprised because I actually had a question for you coming up and this leads into it. This, even with the question marks that are there, this is still kind of a crowded tight end room, right? Like we know once, let's just assume Tunyon might start on pup, but let's just fast forward. He's fully healthy. We know him, the Guar and Lewis are going to be on this roster and not that team, not that Lafleur can't switch it up in each of his first three years, he's got four tight ends. So you already have a question of is, if Tyler Davis, you know, performs like everyone says and then you have dominic daphne who could be a core special teams player uh, a reliable blocker you already have a decision to make there do we keep four and cut one do we keep five but then of course that takes away from another position so if you're adding another you know player into that mix i think that just well let me, wait, wait. unless they're like a significant upgrade that just kind of further adds yeah, well, to it. no no i'm not no i'm saying that Somebody important, somebody that's not a, a number one pass catching tight end. I'm not talking oh, about yeah, yeah. Tyler Davis. I'm talking about getting. I mean, there were rumors about Waller from the Raiders. And okay, I guess they're yes. dead now, but someone that's a proven veteran pass catching tight end. And then listen, I like I, I like Daphne, but if he has to get cut, he gets mm -hmm. cut. And, and, mm -hmm. and Davis, you know, I mean, again, if they like him as much as they said, and maybe they won't, but. Um, I mean, it's, the fact that there were rumors about Waller, mm -hmm. that tells me something. That's fair. I don't know. Unless they were made up, unless they weren't legit. I don't, you know. Mm -hmm. I don't yeah, know. no, I, I agree with that. If it's uh, someone who can come in and be, a, you know, make a real impact right away in that pass catching option, then yeah, you definitely do it. And I kind of see tight end and receiver in the same boat where they're positions that can be talked about the Packers adding to, but they're both crowded rooms. And, if there's an addition that's going to be made, just adding another, you know, Josiah Degora esque, Mercedes Lewis esque, you know, no, I don't player that. doesn't that just, if anything, might complicate things. You need someone yeah, who's going to right. step in and go, oh, he's our first or second option. Yes, and that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I don't want, I don't want some guy <laughs> that the, the Giants cut and he was, you know, like I don't, I don't want another Daphne. Or, you, we have that. They, they have that. They don't need. Um, a, a maybe they need a guy, a veteran, a proven guy that's been mm -hmm. in the league six years and has caught whatever many passes for whatever many yards. And, um, you know, if, if that's the case, and, and again, we'll, we'll see because tight end has been a problem now for mm -hmm. a few years. I mean, and they've tried, I mean, a lot I'm of just years. hoping the war is in Sternberger mm -hmm. who I was very high on when they took him. I thought that was a really good pick, and uh -huh. he just never – I don't know. There was a lot involved there, I guess, but he just was a total bust. I mean, outside of, you know, like Jared Cook's second half of 2016, yeah. like tight end's been an issue since Jermichael since Finley, Finley, right? Since Finley got hurt. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's just – I, I, the whole reason I wrote that article is because it's just 
a year ago, and maybe this is just me, but I felt like we were all like, oh, the tight end position, you know, we feel good about it. This is probably one of the better tight end rooms that the Packers have had in a while. And now a year later, it's the same group, but. Well, Tunyon's injury changes everything. Yep. If Tunyon doesn't tear his ACL, I didn't, I'm not writing what I wrote. Mm-hmm. I'm writing that, hey, they got, they got Tunyon, who's, you know, Pro Bowl caliber tight end, and a bunch of young guys that might be pretty good. And and Mercedes Lewis, who's been around forever and is a good blocker. And yeah, Tunyon's injury to me, because again, we don't know mm-hmm. when he's going to get back and how he's going to be when he gets back. That's all. That's, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's really amazing the Packers have so many good players mm-hmm. with ACLs. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're the, arguably the best left tackle in the game. Mm-hmm. Arguably the best left guard in the game. Mm-hmm. One of the better tight ends in the game. Mm-hmm. And then the kid who was having a nice. Kylan Hill. Kylan Hill. I mean, mm-hmm. again, you know, you, you were talking about the being, being crowded there and what they could do. You could call DeGuara a fullback. True. I mean, nobody uses that term anymore. Fullback. Mm-hmm. 49ers do. Mm-hmm. Well, that's who they kind of compared DeGuara yep, to. Exactly. Him, the kid from. Um, his name News is, check. Yes, mm-hmm. I mean, he's more him than Kittle. Yep. He's oh, absolutely. Offense, right? Mm-hmm. So you could call him. You could, you know, if they were to sign someone else or whatever they do at tight end, you could easily call call Dubara. I mean, you know, I don't care what number he wears because everybody's wearing different numbers now. Anyway, <laughs> you could call him a fullback and list him, then then say the Packers have, you know, four backs on the roster, or maybe only three. Maybe they maybe. If they keep an extra tight end, they only keep that. Nah, they have to keep three backs, don't they? Yeah, I think so. They only keep two. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done. I just think that's going to be one of the more interesting positional battles. Cause let's, let's be honest. We all do our roster predictions or maybe Mark, you just wait till like the very end. No, no, I do one early. Do. Do. Okay. Gotcha. I wasn't sure if it was like, like your mock drafts where it's just one. No. Right <laughs> <laughs> but um, that. Because most of the roster spots, we already know who they're going to belong to. But again, one of the bigger questions for me is four tight ends or five. I think there's going to be four. I think there'll be four at the start because Tunyon will be on pup. True. Okay. So when Tunyon returns and he's healthy. And then somebody else is hurt, right? I mean, (laughs) I I hate hate Things do tend to solve themselves in that regard. Yeah, I mean, you know, it might not even be a tight end. It might be, Mm -hmm. you know, somebody else. and And then you do keep five tight ends because... Some offensive lineman got hurt, and he's out mm-hmm. for a few weeks. But And not just with tight end, although it applies here, but when looking at, hey, do you keep four tight ends or five tight ends? Do you keep four linebackers or five linebackers? 
in part, it hinges on other positions. Like if Daphne and Davis are, you know, well above in terms of special teams play above uh, Ty Summers and Isaiah McDuffie, well, then the Packers are going to keep five tight ends and only four linebackers and vice versa. So it's not always as simple as, well, who's the best tight end, you know, or who's the best of these last two tight ends to make the roster? What do, how are the other position groups performing specifically on special teams where they're going to overlap? Because that's going to be part of the decision-making as well. Oh, especially now, especially this. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's always – I know when I covered the Eagles, that was always Harbaugh had a like those last. He used to, he used to always laugh at, yeah, I get to pick like 50, 51, 52, you know. <laughs> um, but they were the tough ones to pick too sometimes, you know. But mm-hmm. um, but he had a big input on what guys would coach, you know, what guys would play, whether they they kept like you said an extra linebacker or an extra safety or an extra whatever to, whatever. It didn't matter what his what the quote unquote defensive position or offense. But it was he was. He was on all our special teams, so we were keeping mm-hmm. his guy. Um, and I think, you know, I think the Packers learned their lesson about special teams. If they haven't, shame on them. If so. they have, they they finally hired a real coach. They they brought in guys um, already. We, you know, Keyshawn Nixon, mm-hmm. who isn't a bad fourth corner, by the way. I don't think so either. As a fourth corner, he's not bad. He's I mean, he's a guy that's he's he's played two hundred and some snaps at two almost mm-hmm. three hundred snaps. Yep, but he's but he was brought here because of his special teams prowess. Mm-hmm. They drafted some guys this year, I think, mm-hmm. because of special teams. Um, they, yeah, they're going to keep like you said. They don't. Hey, listen, they might go crazy at one position, whether it's linebacker, whatever, because they might keep six safeties. Say because if, mm-hmm. if they believe that. Um, who's the kid they drafted in the seventh round? I can't remember his name now. Tariq Carpenter. Carpenter. They love him on special teams, apparently. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, he was actually a good special teams player in college. Which, yeah, and almost 500 snaps, I think, too, which is quite yeah, a bit. So, so you got to think that, you know, he's making it. Now, if, if an Ennis Gaines or Vernon Scott mm-hmm. and Sean Davis apparently was getting reps as a number three safety in, in minicamp, and he's also known for special teams of Florida. He was a very good special yep. teams player. I mean, if all those guys are good, if they're better, like you said, if they're better on special teams than McDuffie, well, guess what? McDuffie's mm-hmm. not making it. They're, they're, they'll go light at linebacker and, and mm-hmm. keep the extra safety. Because Carpenter's damn near a linebacker anyway. He's too, he's no too kidding. So, um, yeah, that, that's that's going to matter. Those last those last four or five spots, or maybe even more in the Packers' case, will be, will be special teams players that happen mm-hmm. to be a safety or happen to be a tight end or happen to be a wide receiver or happen to be whatever they happen to be. Something I've written about, um, not devoted an article to, but brought up in various articles about special teams is, is experience like special teams experience. Does it mean less this year? Because one, it's a new coach and two, they've just been so bad. Like I Ty summers being top three or four in special team snaps the last three years. Like that doesn't carry as much weight as if it was the same coach coordinator from last year and they had ranked 20th instead of 32nd. Right. I agree 100 percent with that. Some people will tell you no. Oh no, you know he was good on special. No, nobody was. This special teams, nobody was good. <laughs> nobody. So if you were the best special teams player, well, you're the best special teams player on the 32nd ranked special team. So maybe you weren't that good. <laughs> Whoever got a lot of reps on special teams couldn't have been that good because special teams were so bad. Well, that- top top three players in special team snaps from last year, they're all gone. And Ty Summers was number four. So oh, he was four. I, I yep. thought he was who. Or who were top three? Burks led the way, um, Isaac Yadam, and oh, I'm spacing. I'll think about it before we're done. 
but those are the top two. I, I would have thought Summers was but okay. And he could be gone. I mean, who knows? Could be. I mean, yeah, Summers was number four. That's what, you know, the top four could be gone. Um, and who was five? You, you, you know who five was? <laughs> I'll pull it up. I know McDuffie was seven. Shamar John Charles was up there. He'll make it. You're not giving up on him yet, I don't think. No, I don't think so. Plus, he brings at least – I know he's a boundary corner at App State, but they've been, you know, using him in last year as a slot, and they just need guys who can, you know, at least take some slot snaps. Yeah. yeah especially oh, Henry Black, duh. Oh, Henry Black yeah, was, right. So, Burks, Black, Yadam, Summers, Tyler Davis, Gene Charles, McDuffie, Crosby, Lancaster, Slayton. Those are your top ten. And Lancaster's gone too. Yep. So four of the well, half of the top, gone. yeah, four already gone, and one or two more could be. You never know. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which is good. <laughs> I don't want to say. Yeah, I mean they, they weren't good. They weren't good at all. So, you know, and 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 this I mean, we're, we'll say special teams for for another day, but it's going to look it's going to look different with the with with the new coach. Because I, the schemes are going to be different and better. Um, the players you are going to be different. I was going to say, you can already tell or feel just from the stuff you read that there's just like added accountability. Yeah. And you're going to have a new punter, a new holder, mm-hmm. maybe a new long snapper. Yeah. It's another um, one. Probably a new punt returner. I, mm-hmm. I got to think Dubs is going to be in line for that. Maybe a new kick returner, Watson. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. But back to the tight ends. <laughs> we always, we always end up on special teams somehow, don't we? Yeah. Well, until they fix them. Um, I'm, I'll, I'll say you, you helped me a little bit. bit. I'm not, I'm not on the ledge anymore, (laughs) but I'm still, I still wouldn't mind if, if, if I, if I picked up, you know, if I went online next week and I saw them, Hey, the Packers traded for so-and-so I'd say, I'd be like, Oh, good. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I 100% agree in everything you said. I'm I'm with and understand because I know that on my side of things, as I was, you know, giving my side, there was a lot of ifs and buts and ands. <laughs> but at the end of the day, those ifs, ands, and buts, I don't think are crazy stretches to get there. Um, and again, I'm not saying this group's going to be great by any means, but I think they'll be. I think they'll be fine. I think they I'm, can be. I'm doing a story not down the road, but ranking. I think we all do something like this where we rank the best position on the team to the least mm-hmm. position. I, I got tight end last. Mm-hmm. I think that's Do you fair. Agree? Do you agree? Do Running you through it right now. Um, yeah. Okay. Off the top of my head. Is the receiver next to it then? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's the one that popped out where I could have maybe interchanged him. Yeah. yeah. No, I get well, it. I, I gave, I'll, I'll put receiver ahead of tight end only because they're – they got it's some experienced guys up there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Lazard, the, the tight end doesn't have a Lazard. No. Or a Watkins. I mean, they've done it. Watkins has been injured. But even Cobb. I mean, I guess Cobb is Mercedes Lewis, maybe. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You want to compare him older guy. but mm-hmm. um, And you have a promising – you have two promising rookies in Watson and, and Dubs. That if they would have taken one of the tight ends that we talked about, you know, before the draft, I, then that would have been – that could have equaled Watson, you know, mm-hmm. they didn't. And that's, it just surprised me. And again, obvious, I'm not going to question. They, maybe they didn't obviously didn't love any of the tight ends that much, or they would have found a way to get one. Right. Mm-hmm. 
So, or they like what they got. Yep. Sometimes they know more than we do. <laughs> Sometimes. Not always, but some like, well, they didn't know special teams were going to be as bad. I knew. I told, I told everybody special yeah, teams were going yeah, go back to June of last year, July, whenever we did that episode. Mark Mark was all over that one well in advance. And I still couldn't believe they hired they hired Drake. Mm-hmm. Your special team's stinking. You promote the assistant. Uh, yeah, you know, that, that's 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 Matt Lafleur's biggest mistake since he's become head coach. Mm-hmm. I think was promoting. Yep. Now he fixed it in a year, so I give him credit for that. He didn't stand by his mistake. Mm-hmm. Which is a good thing. That's a good trade of a coach, I think. Yep. You don't compound that mistake by saying, "Oh, he's my guy. We're going. I'm going to mm-hmm. keep him." No, he figured out that wasn't the right thing to do. Yeah, that 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 is a good point because they're going to make mistakes like we all do in you know life and in our jobs and all that. And it's just how quickly can you correct it and overcome it? And right. that's what they're trying to do right now with what appears to be a, a very good hire. Yeah, coaches and, and players the same way. Sometimes teams, you know, you you draft a guy in whatever round, and then you you keep them. So you made the mistake with, with, when you picked them. And you keep them like an extra year or two because you picked them so high mm-hmm. and you really should just cut ties and yeah. say, no, we, we, we made a mistake. Yep. So, all right, Paul, I'll, I know you got the, the kids. Yeah, I got to get back to that. But before we do, what do you got coming up, uh, Packer Report, or what do you have out recently, Mark? Yeah, well, I have up – I've been doing, a, you know, the series of position by, by position. Cornerbacks are up now, and that's when – Unlike my tight end story, uh, I think this is the best cornerbacks the Packers have had in, in a long, long time. And mm-hmm. probably the you could argue the best trio in the league. I mean, I think they are the best trio in the league. That's up now. And coming later today, we'll be a look at the safeties. Uh, and I, the, the big story there is who's number three. We, we know Amos and Savage mm-hmm. are the starters, but there's a good battle going on for that third spot. So what, and uh-huh. so what do you have on, on, on all your sites? Yeah, so I've been doing just kind of a lot of player preview articles, you know, Cole Van Lannan, Vernon Scott, trying to kind of dig into more of the middle back end of the roster guys, just, you know, posing some questions about what what might lie ahead for them and kind of where they stand going into training camp and all that stuff. And then just kind of sprinkling in some other articles that pop up. One that I have today, Thursday, is about, because the Packers have an open roster spot, everyone, in case you didn't know. Uh, about adding to the team at the edge rusher position. I think an interesting and intriguing name could be Chris Odom. He's been playing in the the USFL. He recorded 12 sacks, was the defensive player of the year. And if that name sounds familiar, it's because he was a Packer in 2017. I mean, behind Rashawn Gary, Preston Smith, those last three roster spots are completely up for grabs. So bringing in someone, bringing in him specifically, it's who the article's about, to see what he can do during training camp in the preseason at a position need and one of the most important positions in football, I think it's worth kicking the tires on. So I like to get my thoughts on that. I like that move. <laughs> Where we gave up on on Houston, from Justin Houston. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm still on board with that too. Right. That was but, your guy. We'll see. And He's just still on side, right? He is. And I think Andy Herman's the one who's pointed this out initially. Devondre Campbell, Dennis Kelly, they were both June editions or post-June editions. So we can still – the Packers can still find impact players at this time of the year, and it doesn't mean they have to break the bank either. Obviously, nobody we're not nobody here is banking on an all-pro edition at this point, but you can find a, 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 some quality contributors yep. still on the free agent market. And even other – I mean, those two came in June, but Roswell Douglas came in the middle of the year mm-hmm. off the practice squad. 
mm-hmm. you know, uh, Whitney Merciless came. Yep. Now, granted, you know, and he, it, it's a shame he, he he got hurt, but that was a nice addition when they made it. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's one of the things I, I like about this front office. Mm-hmm. They're they're always look. It's more Ron. It's very much like Ron Wolf used to do way back when. Now, Ted would kind of once he picked his team, that was his team, and if guys got, he would promote from the practice. He would have never signed Russell Douglas. He would have pr- promoted KB on Ento. Mm-hmm. Yep, I'm, exactly. I'm, I'm convinced of that. He really would have. <laughs> Not, and that's just the way he was. He, mm-hmm. he believed in you know, guy worked on practice. We're going to promote him. We're going to bring him up. Um, so, and Mark, Mark has a very good article out about that, don't you? About how Gudikens is more wolf-like than. Well, that's in the, he said that's in the draft guide. Draft guide. That's what it was. Okay. I, I, I did a profile on on Brian for the for the Jersey Owls draft guide. He said TV uh, draft guide, and I comp- Yeah, I had people tell me he's much more wolf than he is. Mm-hmm. Even though Ted was his guy, Wolf mm-hmm. did hire him. Yeah, he worked longer on the team, but he's much more Wolf than he is Thompson. So. All right. Well, friends, there you have it. There's our take on the tight end. If you're on Twitter, when the Pack a Day podcast tweets out our episode, reply underneath or just tag us in general where you stand on the tight end position. Because, I mean, as our conversation showed, you could be on either side, and I think I think everyone's going to understand where your stance is on it. So, until next time, friends, take care, stay safe, and as always, go Pack, go.